Okay, so welcome back to the Milk and Two Sugars podcast. Um, this week we've got um, our guest, none other than uh, Joel Massey. Um, he's highly experienced gentleman with the dab and beyond the lens, but also gets stuck into property too, having completed developments in the past. Um, so welcome, Joel. Um, tell you. us a bit about you. yourself. So yeah, great to be here, guys. Um, part of your um, Milk and Sugars um, podcast, so it's great. Um, yeah, um, my name's Joel. Um, I'm from Bristol. Um, and my um, stuff are just a it's not like a blind date effort. Then you ever seen blind date? Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Joel from Bristol. And I'm 35. Sorry, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. So um, <laughs> that's, just, that's, just me. that's just me. That's just me. Yeah, that's just cut, me. Cut that out. <laughs> that maybe don't cut out. Yeah. So um, yeah. Um, largely, um, in terms of my property journey, um, kind of started about um, 17, 18 years ago when I bought my first. Um, buy to let property um i kind of just bought that property with a view uh of buying it as something for my children to have um in the future um i thought you know it was getting even hard then you know in, f- in terms of bringing um you know children being able to buy properties i thought in the future so i thought i'd just buy that for them um you know um and at the back of it you know as long as it didn't make me a loss i was quite happy having that property thinking that the property will just go up in value over the years and I'll be able to do something with it. So it kind of just ran in the background while I did my corporate job. So, um, you know, um, I did a corporate job for sort of 39 years, really. And what did um, that involve? Well, I was a store manager for Sainsbury's. Um, so, um, but at the age of 55, um, I was in a fortunate position to be able to take retirement. Um, so I did that. And then um, I kind of sort of um, was, was restless, really, having retired. And I knew I wanted to do something else, but didn't quite know what I wanted to do. do you know, just um, touch, sorry, just before jumping in, that goes back to obviously our other two episodes, isn't it? Um, obviously with Ricky saying he sold his carpet uh, carpet business and obviously progressed into property and he was just restless, he had to do something. Obviously Nick's in that same position as well. So yeah, Kevin, yeah. you're you so, that ties in. I, th- I think the problem is, you know, you can be reti- I was retired, but not expired. And I knew I had still a lot left inside me uh, in terms of, you know, wanting to do more. So um, I think almost it, it, it took me sort of six, seven months and I was thinking, you know, this, this, I need more from my life than just, you know, I can't just retire now. And in the background, I've always done photography as well. Um, so, you know, I started doing more of photography, but I knew photography wasn't going to make me rich. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes when you haven't got a purpose in life, I think so much that if I, if I wanted to, I didn't have to work either actually because I'd retired and, you know, I could live off my pension. Um, but I, I knew I wanted to do more. So... Um, I started listening to Grant Cardone, which most people will have heard of, you know, in the, in, in the, um, in the world of podcasts and in the world of property and so forth like that. So, um, I started listening to Grant, um, and I really got buzz from Grant and I then just took a leap of faith and, uh, took myself off by myself to Miami to go to one of Grant's shows. Uh-huh. Uh, this was in Miami, uh, 40,000 people in the stadium there. And, you know, the first day Grant sort of, you know, parachutes out of the, uh, out the air, lands in the stadium and he's went on for three days. And um, it was an unbelievable um, event for three days. Um, if anybody ever wants to go to it, you should do because you'll come back really, really fired up. And I came back fired up um, from that. Um, and then I thought, you know, I want to do something with property. So I had this three bedroom property and I converted it into um, a six bedroom HMO. And that was kind of my first project. So whilst I've been a landlord for 17 years, I'm fairly new to the property world. But I think what's helped me get through is the years and years of experience of having worked in business. Um, and I think one of the things you've got to understand is that when you're working 
in any game, whether it's property or whatever, you know, being able to understand people, work with people is key and pretty critical. And also having a business head as well in terms of understanding the numbers and knowing your numbers in terms of, you know, if you do any projects or so forth, that's kind of key and critical. So that kind of helped me through the first project. And when I worked for Sainsbury's, you know, um, there was many a times when, you know, the stores would have refits, you know, sort there's of... There's other stores out there, by the way, but yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, multi-million pound refits, you know, handles sort of those. So, you know, that kind of does help you in some way, shape or format. Um, and then um, I went to the property show, um, the 10X property show in London. Um, and there, um, didn't know quite what to expect, but I knew Grant was there. And that was my sort of, you know, magnet for wanting to go to that particular show. So I went along and um, then I met people from Progressive there um, and decided to do some property training. <clears throat> so um, met a guy called Kevin McDonald. Most of you will probably would have heard of him. Um, did Kevin's No Money Down um, course. Uh, whilst I didn't implement any of the No Money Down strategies, but I learned a lot from Kevin as a mentor. Um, so, you know, a few years ago, I didn't even know what a HFN was, right, okay? So having been to, been on Kevin's course, um, I decided to do HMO. And then also Kevin talked to me about um, SAS pensions. Of course, I got a pension from Sainsbury's. Um, it was a good pension. Um, it was a, you know, defined benefit uh, final salary pension. And when I found out about SAS, um, and for those people that don't know what it is, I suggest probably, you know, I was, uh, just gonna, I was go, just going to say, do you want to elaborate on what SAS is? I, I will do briefly, and I can't cover it off all, all of it. That's but I can talk about it from a property point of view, how it can help you with your portfolio and, and the benefits of it. So a SAS pension is a small self-administered scheme. Um, it can have up to 11 people in it, um, you know, in, in that particular scheme. But I mean, obviously, you know, go onto YouTube, have a look at really what all the benefits are. But for me, what the main benefit was, um, there was times when, we went, um, went to Brexit and my personal pension, I wasn't happy with the way it was performing sometimes. So it went up and it went down. And when it kept, when it loses money, you know, I don't like losing money. Nobody likes losing money. So um, I wasn't happy. I wasn't in control of what was going on with my pension. So I decided with SAS, I could control it. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'd be the trustee of my own pension. Um, you know, um, so what it allows you to do is use your pension um, and, you, and you put it into a SAS pot and then you can use it for property. So um, you can use it for commercial properties, you can use it for, um, you can even use it for crypto if you wanted to, right? You know, there's lots of ways you can use it to grow your pension pot. But the one of the things it enabled me to do was use 50% of it for, you know, loan backs to my own uh, company, uh, earn interest on the, on, the, on the money that I've borrowed to my company and it goes back into my SAS pot uh, and enabled me to accelerate my um journey in terms of property and then with the other half of the money you can actually uh, lend it out to the people um so once, once you do that you know um you know you're, you're running another multiple stream of income because that's then earning you interest as well um so that's how i've you know um use use that particular SAS pension to help me with that so again i bought another bungalow um with with the, with the SAS money some of my own money as well so i've pretty much used um my pension to accelerate my, my, my journey because you know as with all um, property journeys money can be uh, you know um, can be short or you, you haven't got enough of it you know to do your projects with but that has massively helped me and I think I'll just touch on the education piece as well um, the education for was key and critical for me to know that there was somebody there that I could 
you know, turn to should I want to turn to? And, um, you know, my, I, I would encourage people to, you know, have a look at the education because it's like anything else, you know, you're an electrician, you're a builder, you know, you guys didn't wake up one morning and think, I know my trade. It took years yeah. of qualifications. Still does, still does every still day. Does, still and, you know, every day, yeah. Every day is a day at the school, isn't it? So, but you've invested time, you invested money getting that education. And property education is exactly the same. You know, you don't one day wake up and think, today I'm a property, you know, uh, guru. You know, on, uh, you know, you can go out and do it. You need people out there showing you, holding your hand through things. Otherwise, it can be very, very expensive mistakes you can make. Um, so, you know, that's largely... My background, um, you know, one, one thing I've always done is, is, is worked hard and I think property is, you know, no different, you know, it's not about not being able to work hard in, in what you do now, you know, you've still got to work hard in terms of what you do even now. Um, I sometimes think to myself, you know, why am I doing it? And um, I think people have different whys as to why you're doing it. And I think different stages in your life, you'll have a different why. Okay, so I think when you're young, the first thing you want to do is buy a house. You want to look after your wife, your kids, and they, they grow up. For me, my wife and my kids, are, you know, my, my kids are grown up. So, you know, for me, my why now is about, you know, helping my children. So, you know, I've had my daughter go on to progressive courses and she's doing, um, you know, different bits around property now. Um, so she does deal sourcing. So I'm happy that I've been able to help them. So I think in different stages of your life, you know, your, your why becomes kind of very different in terms of what you're doing. So for me, it's that part about, you know, being able to help other people now as well. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. You're going to do the day, though. Why, do, why, why on earth do I have to keep... You and me are supposed to be like Pinky and Perky. We can't answer that question either, but I'm talking to the microphone this time. You seem perplexed. I thought you were going to be there. No, it looked like you were going to say something and then you was like... No, I'm just looking at myself in the camera, but apart from that... No, I'm, I'm, um, I'm interested. So, the cost implications on some of the courses that you've... So, for people not have been on any courses, mm -hmm. um, what sort of cost implications are involved in some of the courses if that I, you've I taken? think if I generally... Uh, I put a generalisation on the courses. Yeah. <clears throat> if you go to a three-day course, you're generally going to be speaking maybe two and a half thousand pound plus that. Okay. Is that much of course? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's going to give you three days of a particular course or four days of Rick's a particular course. Side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, but, but that's it. And that's almost, I always tell you to people, okay, that it's like having a car without the fuel. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to give you three days of a, of a course at about that particular price. Okay. Then you'll get something like the mastermind, which means that somebody's holding your hand for the next six months. Okay. Um, and then that's generally that speaking. Sorry, is that included in that cost or is that an No, extra? that's no. an extra cost. Oh, okay. So you do the initial course and then you're talking another course for about 5,000. Yeah. Right. You know, I can't remember if it's with the VAT or without the VAT. But that mentorship for the next six months um, is useful as well because, you know, it, it keeps you on track as well. And sometimes, you know, you do get people that course junkies, you know, they'll spend a lot, a lot of money on courses and do nothing. And what I always say to people is take massive action. Take massive action because if you do not take action, okay, going to the courses is not going to help and support you. It's not going to help and support you. So you've got to take action in terms of what you do. Yeah. You've surprised me there because we, we've had a debate, uh, debate before on Clubhouse where we'd heard of people spending in excess of 30K on courses, which just seemed complete madness. That's, when that, that's, that's like a deposit for a property. And the way that it was packaged was... Um, 
you know, like if you think it, um, education's expensive, then try making mistakes. Yeah. Now, I've found it really hard to make a 30, 40 grand mistake on, on a standard buy to let, but now you've mentioned that they're like two and a half grand. That to me, as someone that's a new investor, is actually an affordable avenue of training, whereas I've been quite skeptical of training courses before. Um, any, I did, I'd never done any sort of property training and I'm not set dead against it because you can always learn something new, different strategies. Like you said before, we didn't know what HMO was. I didn't know what HMO was until I was working with investors as an electrician and then seeing you know, someone turn a three bedroom semi into a six bedroom house and being like, wow, you're getting how much a month per room? This is amazing. So if I could have learned that years ago, then it would have been massively beneficial for me. Um, I just lost my fucking train of thought. I don't know what I was. <laughs> Ain't it massively? Yeah, well, yeah, as well. <laughs> courses. Courses for courses. No, there's something. Else. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So I haven't done any courses myself, but what I did do was um, I went on like a a breakfast property meet where mm -hmm. um, we were. Typically, we were like pro procrastinators, me and my wife. We talked about it for years and years and we took no action. So like you mentioned earlier on about someone being a course junkie and actually doing nothing. People want to be told an easier way of doing something. And I think we were probably part of that crowd as well where the, we wanted to skip a certain part and get straight to being like a landlord or, or an investor. And um, we went to this course and there was an upsell on there, which we, you know, they're not going to put it on for free. So we started off at the beginning of the day and um, that course, there was a, a poignant piece of information that we took from that. And at the end of it, um, he just, you know, give us a scenario about people that you speak to. And I've had this many a times with uh, family and friends and peers that I speak to. Um, and I'll speak about a deal that is too good to be true. They've seen this old house that needs renovating that can add, you know, 50, 60 grand's worth of um, additional value on top of it by just moving the bathroom or doing some so. And in theory, you speak to them and it's like, that's an amazing deal. And then 12 months later, you ask them how you've gone on with that project and nothing materialised and it was never a good time. They just had a kid, they just lost a job. Um, you know, COVID, Brexit, there's always these negatives that they put in place. Um, and for me, this, this bloke just point blank just said to everybody, um, you can either be a property investor or you can be someone that talks about property. Um, and then that just hit home with me and I just thought, I don't want to be that person that just chats yeah. shit mm. constantly about, yeah. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that because I come across them people daily within my job, within everything. Um, Instagram, people starting off and they, they put so many boundaries in place and I just think you failed from the, the offset. So it is good to probably look at, you know, um, different types of education with anything do your due diligence on who's delivering the courses, get feedback, um, but yeah, like, like you've mentioned, mate, that's yeah, it's a good think, piece of advice. I think. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Thank you. I definitely think. I mean, in human behaviour, it's always easy to go down the lazy route. We're all human. That's what we're sort of built to do. We're only supposed to build the sort of simple, eligible tasks that we should do: breathe, between view, etc. Hear, listen, taste. But I think it's. For me, my sort of upbringing, etc., is a firm belief what you were just saying about about trained or to be trained. It's almost as you're either a shepherd or you're a sheep. Um, I'm a firm believer in a shepherd. Maybe that's probably my life experience, but I'm not saying there's anything wrong being a sheep. We're not saying that at all, but I think it depends on any kind of person, any human being, what the avenue you want to go down in life. If you want to settle and be comfortable, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's people, especially in this new podcast series we've done with our great guests we've had, 
we're all accustomed to looking like we're all shepherds, aren't we? And we're all in control of our own destiny. And I think that's the most important thing in when people do training programs. It's whether people want to take call to action, do something about it, or you don't. And I'm not saying that's the right thing or wrong thing at all. I'm, I'm, I'm the least person to have an opinion about whether someone thinks they're doing something right or wrong. But I think that's definitely an important thing, whether you're in, in control of what you want to do with your life. It's one, as I've heard in other sort of podcasts before, it's your book. You, you're you in control of your chapters and how your book finishes and the end starts. So, uh, yeah, definitely without that. Yeah, I think the important thing about education is that they're only there to give you the tools in order to do a job and it's down to you. You need to like sort of emphasise you as an individual needs to take the action on the education that's been put in front of you if you're going to turn that into becoming a successful property entrepreneur. There are loads of people out there that are, we've met them on Clubhouse, courses every week, up and down the countries, networking and... Could you use the word scammer? Scammer? What, on what? Some, some people do courses not in the right light. Yeah, yeah, obviously, without going into that, but I'm talking about people that um, are relatively new into property and they're just looking for the answer that's not going to be there. That's what I'm saying. Are they susceptible of being lured in by these people? They're not, I don't... It's highly extremely experienced. Some people don't need to be lured in. Some people are just naturally will do courses one after another. We could set up a course tomorrow and I guarantee you I could go on to to Clubhouse and find someone that would take that course because they're just putting the inevitable in front of them. They just want boundaries. So it's, it's better for somebody to, to have a goal. And you say, you're starting here and say, for example, um, a property investor is the end of the road. They'll put as many ba- barriers in the way to stop them actually doing any work um, as possible. Um, so some people are just naturally adapted to just doing multiple, multiple courses, whereas some people will probably do one. They might do three. Joel said you've done a few and then you'll do a top up and learn something to further create the, your skill set. So if you don't know something about serviced accommodation, then go and do a course on serviced accommodation. If you're not clued up on HMOs, then go and do a course for that and add that to your arsenal of skills as yeah, a seasoned investor. I mean, you, know, you guys in the trade, it's like, if I said to you now, you're going to go and do a plumbing job, yeah. but I'm only going to give you a hammer, You've got less. You know, you, I'll do a good the job. We call that a multi-tool in my trade. Turn your three-bedroom flat into a swimming pool. <laughs> so yeah. you know, doing the different courses does give you different you know tricks that you can have in yeah. your toolbox to be able to sort of you know look at different situations. You think, well, how can I do that? Because different projects that you look at lend themselves to different things. Yeah. So whether that's service accommodation, you know, whether it's a HMO, whether it's just a buy to let, you know, it's it's gonna be a different thing. And and the more you know, you know, the more knowledge you know, as we know, knowledge is power, isn't it? Yeah. So um Can I yeah. can I throw something into the mix? Spent, the yeah, yeah. Do you know what one day we actually realise that you have to need a <laughs> microphone to speak in. Sorry about that Adam. Um playing devil's advocate. Do don't, please don't take this the wrong way. And this is the whole idea of the podcast is to be upfront and honest and, and discussion. Do you think sometimes, I mean, me personally, I've never had any training course or anything like that. I've done an apprenticeship. Um, but do you think sometimes just learning off, especially organising this Milk and Two Sugars podcast is about learning, listening, and seeing different things that necessarily don't need to go have a training course to pay X amount of money to find an end goal whereas you can learn interact with new people socialise network and find other ways without actually paying for a certain service do you think that's the case or do you think that's wrong I mean look, I'm not saying um, it's right or wrong it's just, it's I, I think for myself discussion. I mean you know there's, there's lots of networking events but networking events are networking events okay um, you're not going to you know you can learn from people from what they're saying what they do but I think the formal education 
right? Okay, that where you actually take time to go out and you go out to learn. But I think it's the follow up with you know having a mentor to hold your hand. So if you've got a problem, you can pick up the phone yeah. and they're there at the other end to speak to you. Okay, because that's what you need, yeah. right? So stop you making the mistakes. Okay, you know I always say you know walk on the shoulders of giants. You know, um, and you know if people have made those mistakes before and they've learned from them. You don't need to make that mistake. That yeah. education should stop you making that particular mistake. And I've got to say that my education, right, okay, for every penny that I've paid, okay, has more than amply paid off. Yeah. Okay. So, for example, you know, if I'd have never gone to that course, I'd have never known what a suspension was, right, okay. And that's earned me lots of monies over the last few years in terms of, you know, it's paid for itself massively just from the interest I earn. And not only from the interest I earn, but how I've made that accumulate you know, into um, the money that I've earned from property. So, you know, for me, it's it's paid, absolutely paid. So I can only endorse it. Um, I, I know there's probably, you know, people out there that um, have probably not benefited or been scammed or whatever, you know, but, you know, all I can say that my personal opinion is it's been very, very productive for me. Uh, and without it, I wouldn't have been where I am. Uh, and without my mentor, um, as in Kevin, you know, um, I wouldn't have been where I was either because I owe a lot to him in terms of how he's mentored me, you know, and even like yesterday, you know, I had a particular problem I come across. Um, I text him. No, as soon as I text him, you know, he phoned me straight back. And that's what you need. You need yeah. somebody who's going to be able to there to support you and help you, you know, when you when you, when you need them to. So yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah, I think men like mentees and mentorships completely different to courses. I completely endorse mentorship. So if you're starting off and you do want someone to hold your hand as it were to be from the beginning, it's nice to have someone actually there after the course is finished to ring up and say, I've seen this deal, do you want to have a quick look over this? Um, I yes. think those are completely invaluable to, to, to have that type of sort of relationship with somebody, especially on the offset. Yeah. Um, and as regards to training, um, like you say, you know, you probably spoke to other people that thought the course that you did, which was rewarding and was beneficial to you, um, they didn't take anything from it. And that just comes back down to the, the individual and the action that you take. So you're actually, obviously an action taker. So you've yeah. took the information, you've turned it into something that you can make money from. Whereas other people have been to the course looking for an easy way mm. to get to where they need to be. They put yeah. no action in and then they've got no, re no and, reward. And I, and I think for me now, you know, um, it's about legacy. Yeah. You know, it's about the legacy I create. So the legacy for me is, you know, uh, allow my children to have a better future in the, you know um, so whatever I create now will be legacy for them and then if I talk about the you know go back to the SAS pension you know it's, it's a trust it means also um, and it's if, if, if of all the things I've talked about SAS helping in the property journey the biggest benefit is it's a trust it means I can pass all my money in that trust to my children without them having to pay tax on it that's amazing right okay yeah. and also yeah. you know there's ways and means of using that SAS pension of all the money you make, um, you know, the, the, there's a tax-free element of it as well. Um, you know, I don't want to go too much into the in, into the bit, but you know, you can put forty thousand pound a year from your profits into your pot. Yeah, right. Tax-free. Yeah, so you know, and, and 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 if you're a husband and wife, well, that's eighty thousand. Yeah, so that's right? amazing. So there's the, 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 there's real massive ways, and I know somebody who had a SAS pension a couple of years of maybe I think about two hundred thousand. In four or five years, they've made that up to half a million, right? Eh? From the tax-free amounts that you can put into it. Yeah. So there's loads of benefits from doing it. And, you know, none of that would have happened for me 
if it hadn't been for my education in that. So, point, yeah. yeah, so, um, I'm, you know, whilst, as I said to you, you know, I've been a landlord for 17 years, but relatively new to doing projects, okay, but, you know, I only want to do a project a year, you know, I should remember that, you know, um, I don't want to do, you know, lots and lots and lots, so, yeah, um, and, and, and I'll do stuff if as I can. If you could see behind a camera uh, to our listeners <laughs> what one of our previous guests is doing at the moment, you'll be very, very surprised. But no, you're right there, uh, Joel. Listen, if it works for you, that's the most important thing in the end yeah, of the day, and that's the whole absolutely. idea. It's your choice. Sorry, I've done it again. Sorry, Ed. And a, <laughs> he's not even listening. He's got his head. He's got his headphones on. It's a Spotify playlist. Um, no, at the, at the same time, it's the valid point is that it works for you, and that's the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. You take it how you want to uh, want to take it. So, yeah, um, you know, just to coin the, you know what you said there, you know, it is about taking action. Every single day, you've got to take action. You know, one of the things, I, I, I treat my business the same as I did when I was working. You know, it's got to make money. You know, how many people will have a personal development plan around their business, okay? Who sets targets in terms of, you know, what you want to deliver every single year? You've still got to do that when you're working for yourself, okay? Uh, you've still got to have, you know, implement, you know, systems in place for making you run that business in a way which you would run your, you know, a, a, a corporate business. And I think for me, having run a corporate, you know, worked in corporate environments where, you know, profit and loss was key and critical to any business, okay, it should be no different from running your business now, okay? You've got to run your own business and you've got to be making profit. For me, you know, if you're not making profit, you're a busy fool. Yeah, yeah right? good point. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Say profit, they say profit is sanity, sales is vanity. And it's the same in this business. If, you, if, you're, if you're doing, you know, a, a build or a project and it's not making you money, don't do it, walk away from it. Okay, you know, recently uh, I spent a lot of money researching on a project. Um, it wasn't going to deliver for me what I needed to deliver. You know, there's some upfront costs for surveyors, this, that, and the other. I walked away from it. Yeah. I walked away from it because it wasn't going to deliver the profit that I wanted to. Sure. So there's, there's, there's no point in doing that. And, and, and I say to anybody starting off, make if you know if you, if you haven't got that business sense, get somebody who can give you that business sense and treat every single project as a profit and loss statement. Is it going to make you profit? You know, is it going to do you good? So yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. A very good point. Um, what I was going to touch upon what we did speak about before is obviously the whole ethos and idea of how we created the Milk and Two Sugar Show is obviously offering a platform for. We obviously had Nick the plumber um, in episode two that told him uh, elaborated on how it is to be in the construction industry. We obviously had Ricky in episode one who's been both sides of the coin, so you can obviously see what he's done. Uh, being in a carpentry, uh, excuse me, a carpet business, then obviously having a successful property business, so he's had both sides of the coin, but he still had that understanding of how things work in, in construction. Um, what would be good for our listeners, really, is could you give us an insight as being, um, you are technically, as we look at it, uh, a consumer or a client. Um, obviously, me and Tom in construction backgrounds, we obviously know how it is to be, and we try and think about how, our clients would like to see us as a, as a construction professionals, but it'd be nice to hear from the horse's mouth in the vision for our listeners who are potential clients having projects being done or maybe buying a property for the first time. Could you give any understanding or any tips or ideas about how they would find a construction professional without going down the wrong avenues and being stung? I don't know if you've been stung before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that you can call this a learning, okay? Um, because everything in life is a learning. 
So when I did my very first project, okay, I went on to, um, because I couldn't find a builder and I was impatient and I wanted to get my project off. Like, you know, when you are like keen to get something done, you know, you, you want it done tomorrow. You know, um, it's as simple as that. You're sort of another saying when you want it done yesterday sort of thing, but you know. Um, so I was really keen to get my project done. Um, the builder that I wanted to use um, it wasn't, wasn't available. It wasn't me, was it? No, it wasn't oh. you, obviously, uh, where I'm based, obviously. Um, you know, he wasn't available. He wasn't going to be available for, for a time. Um, so I went to sort of, uh, you know, the normal sort of, you know, checkertrade.com or, or no, mybuilder.com actually I went to. Okay, is that what that Mybuilder.com took, took, took the guys from there. Um, when I had a look at a couple of projects, so I did do my due diligence and I did do, you know, what's the name, but um, they didn't do a great job for me. Right, okay. And, um, you know, there were difficulties along the way. And I think what helped me through that is what I talked about before. Being able to deal with people, that, you know, you know, I'd done many difficult situations in my corporate business, um, you know, in, 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 in the environment that I learned. So I knew how to get around some of the problems, how to deal with those particular people, okay. Um, I think if it had been anybody else that was weaker, they'd have probably bowled them over. But there's just no way that they were going to get away with doing that with me. So, you know, that was... Not massively difficult problem, but I could have done without that. So yeah, yeah, do your due diligence, absolutely keen, keen and important. And don't rush into it like I did. I was just too keen, too keen at the time. Interesting. Tom? Um, also, do you want to touch on, because I thought it was quite interesting, the National Landlord Purchasing Group? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it's LMPG. Um, you know, when I did my first project, um, I come across LMPG. Um, yeah, and I think we, you know, on a previous sort of, uh, you know, clubhouse, didn't we, we had uh, yeah, Nick yeah. on there. Um, and, it, and it's great for people that, um, you know, want to use that benefit, uh, you know. Um, I think it's, broadly speaking, I think depending on how many properties you've got, um, is, is, is the price you pay for the LMPG membership. Uh, but I more than made that money up, uh, from that particular membership. And uh, for anybody starting out, like, say, for example, with the HMO, I furnished it. Um, so through the LMPG, we've got 10% discount on that, I think. You know, um, my membership was about 300 quid. Um, I saved about 600 quid straight away from yeah. just doing that. But also, you know, buying boilers and carpets and flooring. You know, you buy that through LMPG and the savings. If you don't make 300 pounds worth of savings in that first year, okay, like, like that's all the cost for me, they will roll you on for another year. So there's no loss in terms of, you know, not doing it. Um, but, you know, paint, you know, loads of things that they do. Right, kitchens you, know. you can use magnets i think it is yeah i use magnet um, kitchens on my last project um and again got a great discount through through uh, lmpg on that particular one as well um but paints and you know loads of stuff you know that, that they particularly do um and the thing is i think also you know gas boiler gas boiler i bought gas boiler and i bought that gas boiler and i think it was at least 300 pound cheaper than than anybody else would get it even yeah. cheaper than what the um, the guy that was going to be fitting it was going to we, we could, could get it for. Um, so the LMPG group, I, I definitely would recommend uh, to people out there. You know, if you if, you, if you're doing that buying, yeah. You heard it here first, guys. That LMPG. Yeah. yeah. So check it out. You know, you, you know, it's, it's it's definitely worth taking out. And, and uh, I know I've definitely benefited from having it. Well, that's yeah. based off what one refurb a year or a couple of refurbs a year, yeah, and it's paid back yeah, already. Definitely, so definitely pays back. Yeah. I yeah. mean, ten percent off a kitchen at Magnets going to pay for your membership and Absolutely then anything right. else is a bonus so yeah. even if you're someone that's new in property and just doing one one flip or buy to let if you've got multiple properties going yeah. on a year and projects then mm -hmm. it's definitely something to look at and have the conversation with a clubhouse i was amazed by 
that fact. I'd never heard of it before, and since then we've yeah. joined up. So, um, yeah, Have really you good. Since? Yeah, we've joined. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good, mate. We've been purchasing different things. I mean, we've got some projects coming up where we need kitchens and stuff. So, we'll yeah. make our money on that. And um, there's a couple of boilers in the project that we've got to um, supply. Um, so for me, yeah, it's, it's paid for itself for probably five or six years membership already, just in the first year. So um, I won't endorse anything that I haven't used and it don't yeah. genuinely work for the sake of it. We don't get paid off these. It's just a, it's a good sort of uh, thing to be a part of as a landlord. And uh, yeah, you was the reason that I heard about it in the first place on a clubhouse conversation. So yeah. yeah, thanks for that. No, as I say, you know, if there's something, I think we all learn off each other, don't we? Yeah. So if there's something good out there that, you know, you've learned off, it's important to kind of share that with other people. So they um, do benefit from it. I think that's what's interesting as well about property, that the people within property are more open to share information, especially especially online and social media. It's like a sort of, when you're in the club, you will sort of help everybody. There's no sort of, um, with other trade, like especially within construction, you've got trades that snub off other, other people and it's like there's us and then them. Whereas within property, what I have found, now my social media is solely uh, property investors and like-minded people is that they'll only push you further. So, I mean, I was talking to someone the other day and didn't even realise you could do this. They were searching on properties that are going to become repossessed before they hit the market and stuff like that that I just wouldn't even have known, which is free information for me for them further my um, uh, property journey. So, yeah. Where do you see yourself in another five five years' time? What is your... Um, For me... um in the next five years, I'm, I'm just going to keep plodding on. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it's important for me to do so because I think um, if you stand still, right, that's not a good place to be, right, okay? Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep moving forward in terms of the property world. Um, I'll, I'll keep sticking at it. Um, I think you need to have the right mindset. Mindset's really, really important um, in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the property market because, you know, there'll, there'll, there'll be ups and downs and your mindset will get you through those tough times. And I think in five years' time from now, you know, the, 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 the market will probably change, things will change. Um, but as we see, you know, in five years' time, technically speaking, lots of things change. Crypto comes, crypto goes, these sort of things. But property won't change. You know, they say, even if you make a mistake in property, it's like a haircut, isn't it? Say, it'll go back, it'll be okay. <laughs> okay. So if you get a wrong haircut, you know, it's, well, it's going to come back. So I think in five years' time, I'm just going to keep, you know, plodding on, doing things. And as, as I said to you, you know, right at the beginning, um, if God gives you a gift, use it, right? If I've got the gift to be able to do something and help somebody else like my own children, um, you know, um, it's important to, you know, carry on creating the legacy um, for them. Um, and in the meantime, you know, um, enjoy myself. I like my holidays. I like to get away when I can. Um, we like we have seen your pictures of you in holidays before, um, mate, yeah. with the mankini and all that. <laughs> no, you've show never seen a picture of me in a mankini. <laughs> Never. Um, yeah, but we can make that happen on YouTube. Ball, Only if ball, you subscribe, yeah, though, guys. Yeah. Only if you subscribe. The ball rat. The ball rat in the bikini. Um, SRT guys and the clear moving guys are good at editing our like, chaps, aren't you? So, so yeah. that's it. There we go. Do that. Well, listen once yeah. again, Joel. Thank you no, very, very much for joining me and Tom. It's much appreciated. Thank you very much. And um, we wish you all the best. Thank you.